Hello and welcome back to the Moment of Truth podcast. This is the show where I invite you to take a moment to reflect and be proud of how far that we have come as individuals and as a community, but also honest about where we still have to go in our growth as supporters and protectors of Black trans power. Through personal testimony and honest conversation with community leaders, we will recognize the power we all have lurking within ourselves to not only impact our lives in a positive way, but also keep pushing Black trans power forward. Okay, I'm your host, Junior Mint, and let's get into this gig, okay? Because... I have an extra, extra, extra special episode for you today. And if you listen to last week's episode, then you know exactly what's going to be going down this episode. I am giving you the part two interview to the amazing interview I had with Suburbia. Literally so much wisdom, so much kindness. And last week, you got to hear a lot of her background as to where she came from beforehand in terms of Wisconsin, military school, all these different aspects of how she grew up. And then this episode, you're getting to know who is suburbia today where did suburbia come from how did suburbia get into drag for the first time all of these questions and on top of it there's a lot of wisdom that she drops and that we get to share together about simply navigating the scene what community means and on top of it how do we continue to be the bravest and proudest versions of ourselves while also still showing up for everyone in our community because it's hard to juggle both society doesn't make it easy but together we will connect and figure out how we can better get forward to the next day the next week the next goal the next mission okay And before we jump into this episode, I also would like to remind you all and let you all know to follow me at Junior Mint. That's again, Junior Mint with two T's on YouTube because your girl is going to be creating so much amazing content. And the first new piece of content is actually beginning on Friday. But the reason I'm telling you now is because what you want to do tomorrow on Thursday, March 4th, you're going to want to turn on WeTV and watch the T.S. Madison Experience on WeTV, okay, bitch? She is the first black trans woman producing her own motherfucking reality show. And I'll be breaking it down and as well on top of it, helping to break down the lens in which we can watch the show through of a black trans and empowered lens okay ho so you do not want to miss it you want to tune in every single friday for my breakdown of the episode okay so i want to make sure you know that plus on top of it a bitch is starting a mariah carey book club and you are going to want to be a part of my patreon and my youtube account so that way you can take part in this because we are going to be breaking down mariah carey's memoirs her music her artistry who she is as an icon and a legend so you do not want to miss these amazing 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 pieces of content and i'm honestly really excited to share them because both mariah carey and on top of it t.s motherfucking madison have impacted me and influenced me leaps and bounds and if you love who junior mint is then you love the influence that mariah carey and t.s madison has had on me so i would love to take you along for this journey so please take a moment pause this go subscribe and then come back to this podcast because i am just so freaking excited and on top of it just so you know i have been uploading longer minty monday sermons there too so let's jump into the episode now okay thank you for listening but before then 
As per usual, we know exactly how we got to start this episode off, don't we? We have to start this off with our positive, positive, positive affirmations. I am so excited because the affirmation today, really, when I was writing it and it was just coming to me, it just, it, oh my God, took me to another level. It made me really just like start thinking about things. And if you follow my Instagram, which... I do every single Monday a new Minty Monday where I go in depth and create a sermon based around some topic of self self improvement, life improvement, motivational speaking, something like that. And when I was writing this affirmation, which is giving me so many different avenues I plan on going down for Minty Monday. So it is just it very much inspired me. So let's hop into our um, positive affirmations, you know? And so if again, this is your first time, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to repeat after me, but you are going to say these words like you mean them. If you don't mean them, say them like you do. If you do mean them, say them with double the emphasis, okay? Because words are powerful and they have meaning and they have weight. And it is so, so important that you make sure that you are using words that value you, that have a positive weight added to you, okay? These are such important things. And so that's why we do these affirmations because even if we may not be in a positive mood or if we may not be in a positive mental space, bitch, I guarantee you, if you act it out enough, you will get in some way, shape or form a little bit more positive because it's the same way when you start off with kind of like a fake laugh or like, you know, you just like try to laugh with Without smiling, it will genuinely bring about real laughter. It's really about that muscle memory of just getting ourselves into the state of reminding ourselves of the positivity and that we have some positivity inside of us, even if we do not even can see it. You know what I mean? So let's hop into this, okay? So repeat after me. There is nothing I can't accomplish with a positive mindset and time. There's nothing I can't be in this world so long as I can imagine it, I can be it. I understand that success is a byproduct of happiness, not the other way around. What I focus on grows. So I will focus on self-love and not self-sabotage. And that is our positive affirmation for today, y'all. And again, repeat that as many times as you need. Stop, pause, replay, okay? Positivity is boundless and you deserve to have it in bounds and bounds in your life, okay? Positivity truly can change every facet of life because a lesson is just a mistake that you've given time and love, okay? So I hope that we are now ready to jump into our rose and our thorn of this week. And I have been thinking about the fact that these roses and these thorns that I've been doing each week have actually truly allowed me to keep checking in with myself in an unconscious way because I've said in episodes before that like it's important to be checking in with yourself and keeping up with how you're doing on a regular basis. And I was definitely keeping up with myself and this was part of it. But 
one of my favorite things about putting in the consistent work of growth and actually self-awareness and loving yourself and growing into the person you want to be is the fact that there's so many different random unconscious things that you'll discover and find that are like, this is why I do the work. Because not because of the things that I could anticipate that's going to be positive in my life, but because of all the things that I can't. And for me, I've been looking back at these and I've been realizing that as every single week has gone on, my take on my weeks have only gotten more and more positive, not because more good things have happened, but simply because when you actually see how you've been progressing and how much how many things are thrown at you that like you really do come to realize the fact that you are strong you are powerful and the only true consistent thing in your life is your strength and that is the one thing that has never left me because when I look back over these past weeks for like my grandmother has passed away my aunt has been in and out the hospital I haven't said that on the roses and thorns but like that's a part of the whole thing um and then my mom and all of like her recovering from alcoholism still while trying to figure out her own happiness and take care of my family there's so many different pieces of my life that have happened and had and required me to give it my attention over the past two, three months. And I'm just so thankful at the fact that I even have this as a documentation of me having gone through it because I am just like blessings, blessings on the fact that I am here, I am present, and I still have my strength. And that's not the rose this week. Well, I guess that's in the bushel. But the rose that I had in mind is that... um towards the end of February, um, I just came to this feeling of realizing of like how little I use my voice in some ways to make my life better. So for example, um, or to not to make my life better, but to make me happier. But um, for example, is like when I'm in drag, bitch, I'm in control. I'm in command. I can take care of it. I will speak up. I'll do the whole thing. But because of depression, it doesn't necessarily translate well out of drag sometimes if I'm depressed, you know, like I can put on the whole thing and like get the thing done in drag. But like when I'm depressed, out of drag, absolutely not. Nothing is going down. And as well, it's also a part of like having grown up, not necessarily not not putting myself first. I was going to say not necessarily putting myself first, but not putting myself first, period. Because it's not necessarily... I literally did not put myself first until, like, I would say a good three months ago in my life. And it is something that is feeling amazing because it's just a weight off my chest. And the fact that my anxiety has been at such a low level <laughs> ever since I came out to my family and on top of it been just realizing that I haven't put myself first in 25 years of my life. Literally putting myself first has never happened. And it's something that feels amazing because I'm realizing that I've never consciously torn down this piece of the wall with myself. And so to get back to the rose, my rose this week is that I will be moving at the end of this month i literally just finished putting my deposit down on a place i am so freaking excited and it was just coming to terms with the fact that my current roommate and i are just not the most compatible people and not even necessarily in a bad way just in a way of like you know it's not at all bad no one's uncomfortable or anything but very much to the place of like well, we could both find someone who like compliments who we are better than we do right now. And 
honestly, it feels amazing because I've realized more and more over the past few months that I just really need to articulate exactly how I'm feeling and I need to operate from such a place of love in terms of I am not only coming up with what's best for me, but also what's best for you. Because if I want to be in a place where I can be with someone who's more compatible with me, you probably are feeling the exact same thing. Because at the end of the day, everything we think we carry in our bodies and our emotions and our auras and in every part of ourselves. And it was so amazing because when we sat down and talked, it was something that they agreed about. And it was like, see, we're both feeling the same way, but I just said it first. (laughs) And so I'm very excited to move. And so it's just going to be amazing. And the space that I got is like, I just can't honestly believe that it came about the way it did because it's just like, thanks, Facebook group. And so that's my rose and my thorn too, because, you know, I got to pack, I got to move the whole thing. But another blessing of this new space, it is a March 15th move. And so I have two weeks and I'll be able to celebrate my birthday in a new space and I won't have to be like unpacking during my birthday because my birthday is April 3rd so it will literally be like a cute little move in and everything and I am so freaking excited and yeah I'll be probably doing a whole YouTube video about when I'm moving and get settled and everything so another reason to follow that okay and yeah I guess something that I want to tell everybody out there is just remember the one space that you should always, always, always be able to feel comfortable is the space that you call home. And as well, I want to let you know that home can mean a hell of a lot of things for you, okay? Home can be an apartment. Home can be a five-story mansion, okay? Home can be just the four walls of your bedroom. Home can be an alley. Home can be a dumpster. Home can be a bench. Home can be a subway car. Home can be a lot of things. And all of them are equal. And all of those spaces, no matter how much money you have, deserve to be safe, deserve to make you feel affirmed in who you are, deserve to make you feel comfortable, deserves to make you feel loved. So never believe that a space that you live in, a space that you occupy, or anything is your home if you do not feel comfortable there, if you do not feel loved there, if you do not feel like yourself. And that is okay. And... I would encourage you, whether it begin planning out the steps in your head, whether it be saving money, make steps towards getting yourself to a space, a home that makes you feel like you, like it's yours, like your home, okay? Because there's nothing that is more uh, traumatizing than calling a place that doesn't accept you or loved you home. Because something that my mom told me growing up very much, and I think that it's something that like a lot of black people had to learn growing up, is just that the place that you call your house may not be your home. And my mom was very, very, very sure to make sure that we knew the difference that like not every place is home because we even when we were moving around um after my dad left one of the places we stayed was with um, a family friend and it was a family friend that very much made sure to like let you know that like this is her home and you are a guest in her home not that like you can feel comfortable to live here get comfortable like feel like this is your place and so yeah for me there's a very big difference between where you live and your home because yeah I like to think that home truly is where the heart is. It, one of those very cliche sayings, but it's a cliche for a reason because 
Home truly is where the heart is. If you can't be someplace that makes you feel comfortable, loved, and accepted, that's not your home. That's just where you reside. That's where you sleep. That's where you lay your head down at night. So, yeah, that's my rose and my thorn. I am very, very excited to share with you the journey of the move. Um, I think because I'm out of my depression, there won't be any breaks in any of the content that I make because of the move, because I can actually like put mental energy into preparing up multiple videos and things like that. So don't worry about a stoppage in it, but a reminder that after this episode, we have one more episode for this season and the podcast will be back. It will be coming back revamped, hopefully in a video podcast format maybe not i don't know we're gonna figure it out figure out what technology can do for us you know but also not make it too headachey and so yeah we will definitely be back but at the end of this episode make sure you stick around and i'll be announcing to you who is our fabulous fabulous final guest for the 10th and final episode of the season i love you all so much and get ready for part two of the amazing interview that I got to have with the Suburbia. I love her so, 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 so much. And honestly, you're going to fall even more in love with her than you were last week. So just for a brief reminder, last week we left off after she had just finished telling us all about her journey growing up as a kid, military school. And so now we are just beginning to delve into what it was like for her to begin the process of discovering that she wanted to do drag, that she was interested in drag and performance and all of these things. So get ready to pick up where we left off, okay? So get ready for the one and the only the iconic suburbia. So my question for you is, what is the birth story of suburbia? It goes right back to where I left off in the story. This is like a fucking movie, Junior. All right. So (laughs) my dad has me, once he knew I was good at anything, Mm -hmm. he he pushed me into those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Um with a with a force that wasn't it had nothing to do with what i wanted for myself but once i mm. found the acting i was like okay let me kind of like you know see what we could do with his force mm. and um mm. he found this i don't remember if it was me or if it was him but he found this uh, 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 forensics summer program at a university called Bradley University. And I ended up getting scouted okay. to that school for, for, for their forensics program. And we got national titles and everything. And um, uh, How when, I went there, <laughs> when I went there, uh, I really researched, you know, what is it? How did it, what, is, what is it that I'm going to get out of this? Like, once I realized my dad put me in it, I was like, oh, fuck, like, let me look it up. And like, da 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 I noticed that all the people that f- would go to that camp would win the national competitions. And I was like, this is what I need. This is what I need. So I can okay. get out of sectionals, get out of state, and just go. You know? Shine. Go live your best life. Yeah. Except when I got there, the coaches uh-huh. really looked at me and and then later when i got to the to the the university and was in the actual team mm-hmm. i noticed that the way that they that they work with everyone who's on our team is they really look at you and you have a conversation about who you are and who the person inside of you is fighting for what do okay. they what do they you know and mm-hmm. those 
coaches knew there was something queer about me. So they would suggest these things that I should try in my ass. Oh. Trying to push you in a direction that's like, mm, listen to who I am rather than being like. And I listened. And I remember I was doing this number for a Goosebumps book about a camera that steals people's souls. I know the one. (laughs) And the first thing that this coach had me do was say that, um, was have a gay guy as the character. And I was so nervous about doing it. And I think I was, I was like 16 and, um, I was nervous as fuck. And, and this, this, this character would always say cheddar and like, they'd have this camera and be like, oops, I did this. And and like, after that year, I won state with, with the whiz and all my fucking characters are queer as fuck. And then when I went to the school, I started, I uh, was given the piece, uh, the gospel, according to Miss Raj by George C. Wolf. And I won a bunch of competitions with that. And, mm-hmm. uh, there was another uh, number I did with with a duo partner. His name is Cecil Bletcher. He's out there. He's he's on the screen. Mm, come um, on, Cecil. And he went on to win a bunch of national titles. We all went on to win a bunch of national titles. We were a really <laughs> we, were, we were a really good team. We had a specific number that was called Same Difference, and that number was about two black boys that meet for the first day at college, and one black boy. Um, has two gay fathers and the other black boy, which was me, was gay, I think, but he didn't know it. Or I don't know. I can't remember. But all I know is like, even that number, those two things had me wondering like, why aren't there more narratives about these people or these situations Mm -hmm. or, you know? But when Mm -hmm. I did Miss Raj, it was to the point where people were like, what else are you going to do? How, what, what other job are you going to get? Because like you, like this is your, your Miss Raj. Mm. And that's where the drag began. Wow. It came from Miss Raj with George C. Miss Raj winning those competitions as a drag queen when I was a freshman in college. That's how I learned about all my delivery and like giving jokes and da da da. So when I got here, like I didn't start mm-hmm. really doing drag until like when? I got out of college. Wow, really? Yeah, but I knew that I like could do it because I had already basically done it. I was just in a suit and a tie, like you know, mm-hmm. doing this miming. And and then when I realized that that's a lot of like what the people were doing, I was like, oh, okay, it's miming. But then when I really learned that there are all these different directions with drag, I was like, oh shit, I've been I've been doing I've been doing this all along. And how did you land on the name Suburbia then? Well, the first name was Frito Lay. No, the first name was Urethra no, Franklin. The first name was Urethra Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a part of a trio and we, we went to Bushwick I think it was like the third Bushwick or maybe the second Bushwick and um, yeah wow. yes, Charlene was there Mary was there we sat outside together collected tickets with her 
the Lady Quesadilla was there. Horachada, Tyler, everybody was there. Will was there. Um, who else was there? Miss Jade was there. A lot of McGriddles was there. Um, everybody was. Who else was there in the nooks and the crannies? Space Babe was there. Um, Sandy See, Station was there. Um, this is what I'm talking about. By like, you've done so much, like so much. It's wild. Entitled and- was was everywhere. Entitled Queen was Bushwick. I don't understand why Entitled what's Entitled Queen and Miss Miss uh, Miss Bushwick. It don't make sense that they weren't. I got stories for you, honey. We haven't even got. We're just getting to the begin. We're not. We're just now getting to the beginning, honey. We're just now getting <laughs> to the beginning. I got names. I got places. <laughs> When did you start? What year? So you started doing drag when you moved here, but when did you? When did you start? Like, like what year? I think it was 2014. See, even in my own head, I'm shifting the years where I'm like, oh yeah, I feel like she. It would have been like 2015 to 2016. Like 2014 for me is so wild. I was literally, I had just graduated high school and was starting my yeah. I was at my freshman year. Wow. Wow, that just shook me. That shook my soul. So, so wait. So let me get this straight. So let me get this straight. So you moved here in 2014. Oh, no, after I moved you here in 2011. Maybe even 2010. Either way, it's been a decade. What? I Are dropped out of Morehouse College, which was a, a whole nother drag act. But I did, have, I did have a moment in, in, in Atlanta when I was going to Morehouse where mm-hmm. my Spellman sister, we went to something Saddles place in Atlanta. And this is my first time seeing a drag show in Atlanta. And when I tell mm-hmm. you drag shows, honey, it wasn't a pageant. I've never, I've, let me, let's get something straight, y'all. I'm no pageant person. <laughs> I am no pageant person. I like to be in the grit and the grime I like to see people squander because that's their art form. That's what I like. I I could do a pageant. Mm. I only like pageants solely, solely, solely for the competition. I like competition, but I don't like cattiness or negativity. I'm just like, can we all compete as who we are, shine as who we are, and let the judges be judgmental and determine a winner? There were no judges that night, no nothing. It was just not, another performer, another performer, another performer. And I just yeah. remember being like, wow, what the fuck is this? So yeah. I really started to find out about our the community that we met within through mm-hmm. going to Will Sheridan's uh, show, Hot Fruit, that was at, at Metropolitan for years. Oh. I used to be the only show that I would go to because my I, the friends that I had, they're a little bit older than me, and they were like, "Oh my god, you don't know about Will Sheridan and and Hot Fruit Girl." Will will tell you, I showed up as a regular. Um, for, well, I wasn't even regular at first. It was like every three. And what months. year was? And then it turned into something where I read a poem. One of my friends was a guest for Will. And they were releasing a poem, I think. Their name is Tom Baranka. They're known in the community, <laughs> too. Memory. They allege in the community. And, um, or, or no, 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 it was a hot fruit. And I had, I was just doing something at the Bowery. I did, I did a poem at the Bowery. And I wanted it at the Bowery. And then we went to, um, to, uh, to <laughs> you laughing at me. We went to Metropolitan. And Mary was, this is a true story, Mary, if you're listening. I know you remember this story. 
So I'm standing on the stage and I and I'm delivering my poem. And as soon as it's over, Mary walks up to me and she's like, Oh my God, you made me cry. Will you close out the Brooklyn Nightlife Awards? This is this is the linear track, honey. This is the linear track. Oh, wow. She's like, Will you close the Brooklyn Nightlife Awards? I'm like, first of all, what's the Brooklyn Nightlife Awards? <laughs> sure, I'll do it. That's literally what I said. I think I was like, sure. And this is before drag and everything. This was this was I was sort of in and out of it. I hadn't made a choice about it. It wasn't even like a choice that was in my brain. But when I did that poem, when I went to the Brooklyn Nightlife Awards, what year is this? This was two thousand and fifteen, maybe. Okay, okay, okay. Because my I also always ask the year because I'm gauging what social media is like. Because I'm like, okay, my twenty fifteen Instagram was around and popping and stuff. It was so, around. It was around. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not the biggest fish in the game, but like you know, like okay, yeah. ooh, because I always like to think about whether I can look yeah. up some images later. But continue, continue. Yeah, continue. so I went to um, the uh, Brooklyn Nightlife Awards in drag, and I remember after I finished, after I got to the stage, Mary was like, "I always pay my girls," and she puts this money in front of my face. And I was just like, oh, shit, no one's ever, like, giving me money for... Is that what they do? <laughs> and that's when the wheel started turning, bitch. And that's when Mary was like, you're coming for my gig? And that's, you know, a whole nother story. I'm but obsessed. I'm obsessed. So that's literally, like... People that were around at that time. Mr. Shiny Penny, Zenobia. See, I'm so Meredith. happy to saying names. Thank you for saying these names because it's really, actually, really giving me a like. Well, in the picture, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. Candy Muse. Me and Candy were in the same. Me, Candy, and Emmy Great um, were were at the beginning of the Nobodies. Wow. When was the first time you did like a number? Like you were and, like um, the uh, the. It was. I mean, um, well, one that I was conscious about. Yeah, like when you were like, I do drag, I'm about to go do this number, and like maybe didn't slay it, but like the first time where you were like, okay. Oh, I'll I'm- take you back to it, honey. Uh, Mary had me do drag night. I remember Mary was like, come He's to my there. place, come out, you do your makeup, da da da. Horachado was there, they were living together at the time. And I go downstairs, and I I can't, I just remember the, it was drag night, and I was, mm-hmm. I had this pink uh wig and i had a magazine and i just started ripping things off the page and i started cutting my hair and then i think i did like i did something i don't know i don't know what the fuck i was doing <laughs> I'm a, as everybody do you remember the song i had that corset that we all have i had those tights that those um i had those galactic metallic tights that we all <sighs> That we've all seen so 2015. I had all the things that people had. I was ready. And, and I had also, I feel like that's a really good quote. I had all the things that people have. Okay, that was the first one. I think that was the first one. My mind's a little blurry, but my yeah. first one for the nobodies. I just showed up and did like some Patty Smith number. I think free money it was free money. I still have the video. When it comes to your drag, you do a lot. You do a lot. Like you do wigs, you do outfits, you do all of it. And are all of those things that you taught yourself how to do, or are those things that like you studied up on? Because like, again, I've been a part of amazing productions with you, like for Suzanne Barnes's Love Ball, where like 
All of these amazing wigs are crafted by you, designed by you to tell a story and a concept. And so like, it's things like that where I'm like, did you just like watch a bunch of YouTube videos and be like, I can get better at this? Or did you like study somewhere? Ooh, this history I'm about to give you. So, all right, when I started doing a drag, I also was doing the Club Kids circuit too. And, uh, <laughs> you were doing and everything. And then, and I was doing hair and da, 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 da. I remember one night I was working for Nikki. I was working for Nikki Otav. <gasps> Love. A host. And this is before Nikki was even a, a queen. And um, <laughs> this damn story, I made a wig for Nikki and I was sure this wig was good. She said she wanted it to look like, I'm telling this story, Nikki. I know you're going to hear this story. I was telling, um, uh, <laughs> she was like, make me this kimchi wig. I, 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 I get the hair, da, 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 making the wig. Honey, that wig was in the trash by the end of the night. That's when I knew I had to go to beauty school. <laughs> I could no longer get away with making these back out wigs that I was making for Lennox every night. She was going out to do these damn things because me and Lennox used to be roommates. Um, and it was, you know, it was a whole, that wasn't my eyes really open. And I was like, I've got to, I have to. <laughs> so I had a, I had like a nervous breakdown. This was like two birthdays ago, three mm-hmm. birthdays, or maybe three or four birthdays ago, and um, literally a nervous breakdown. And the next day, I ended up in beauty school. The next day, and while I was there, I did no drag. I was like, I'm not doing no drag. I just want my mind to be applied right mm-hmm. here. And I really dove in. I learned how to do everything. I learned a bunch of different cuts. I learned how to ventilate. I learned how to sew. I learned how to perm. I learned how to do relaxers. I learned how to do anything that you could think of. Wow. And by the time I was out of there, I was working in Fire But by, by the time we were, before we were even halfway through, I was working um, in Fire Island, doing a, a, a monthly show at Fire Island. And it was an all-Black review. We barely had any people come to these shows. That's... And even even though we were saying like, oh, it's all black, blah, blah, you know, we're here. Blah, 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 blah. We had people. I had like, my drag sister on um, Blackberry from Texas. Um, I had mm-hmm. that was my first guest. My second guest was was uh, was Tink. <gasps> Tink. And mm-hmm, and we did the best we could with 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 that. But 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 through it all, I learned how to work with the hair, and I mm-hmm. learned how to make dreads and you know up until then like i would draw my my i would draw everything on i didn't give a fuck i would draw my lashes on i draw everything on everything ragamuffin would be like let's look let's see are her lashes false or are they really false honey i would (laughs) yeah to the point where um i i started to dig deeper and learn Mm -hmm. how to stack wigs and learn how to how to do things faster, how to learn different, learning different techniques by experience. And then it really just turned into its own, um, my own <laughs> education. So after that, I went to work at a salon and I was also doing um, a few times, a few times while I was there, I just washed Scarlet Envy's hair. And that whole experience of washing and doing her hair, imagine you're, you're, you're doing it and you are who you are and you're not who you are, who you are. And no one, no one in your staff really knows who you are because you don't like that. That's another thing to talk about. Like I would go down this track of like, I didn't want any of my coworkers to know that I did drag 
because even like sometimes with the clients, I wouldn't let them know I did drag because then you find them saying things like, but don't make me look like a drag queen. And you're like, girl, why the fuck did you have to say that? You don't think that I got what I, you don't think I got it? Damn, I'm sorry. That is some high level racism and homophobia going on there because there's no way, shape, or form that like just because you were a drag queen does not mean you are not a versatile artist enough to have somebody else not look like a drag queen just because you do their like hair. Like it doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, that's why we rise above. And still, as Maya Angelou says, we rise, okay? When you were living in New York and you were beginning to find your community and all the people that like, you know, like-minded people, your community, all your loved ones. I can only imagine what the scene was like in 2015 in terms of like, I can give you a scene and that will tell it all. Set the scene for me. Set the scene. I think it was Charlene's birthday one night and we went to this, this, I can't remember the name of what the place was, but it was off of, uh, it was around the corner for Metropolitan. Some of y'all out there probably know what I'm talking about. I can't remember the name of it. But um, <laughs> it was Charlene's birthday. And we walk in and Vivacious was a, was a, was also like a guest there. And I remember Lady Quesadella walking on the stage with a big ass watermelon. And I didn't really know what happened at a drag show. Like I was still learning what goes down at these shows. Like I was like really trying to figure it out. And I remember Lady Quesadella getting on the stage with this big ass watermelon and saying, you know what we do in my culture when it's someone's birthday? We open, we crash the watermelon and then we do sedata. And I was just, I was just like, oh my God, I've never heard of this before. And then we they fucking cracked that fucking watermelon open. I don't remember what they I got a piece of it. I don't remember what they did. But then I remember later on, Mary Cherry walks up, all these people walked up in there, got smoky. They went up into this little nook and cranny corner upstairs. It was VIP. And then um there were all these other people started rolling through. And the next thing Vivacious comes up and she just goes. With her, with her, with her fan, and and she has this big ass '90s thing with like I got my education. I'll never forget that fucking number. She did. I got my education, honey. Everyone's life was got. Mary, Mary got up there and did um. What she do? She did uh. She, uh, uh what's that girl who is in um the Princess Diaries who wasn't Anne? Julie Andrews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That no, 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 no. <laughs> that her the singer the. You know what I'm talking about? That white girl? The other white girl? What? It was another white girl, pop girl. She's she was another Britney Spears, but I can't I can't think of her name. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all are seen Princess Diaries. You know the girl I'm thinking of. I think um, well, I think you are you talking about Mandy Moore? Mandy Moore, yes. Yes. Mandy, so you know she was not in Princess Diaries Moore. at all. She was not in Princess Diaries. She wasn't? She was it in anymore. It was no, no. I am thinking of a girl who who was in um. Y'all know who I'm talking about, but no, I, they won't. <laughs> they will. Yes, they will. It's the girl who's like who's in her class, and she takes off the hat, and she's like, "What the fuck? Oh, you got your hair done? You don't remember that girl?" And then when like the when the when the camera was outside of the school and she got out of the limo, the girl was like, "See, she goes right there." Wait, 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 wait. I'm Googling this. I'm Googling. I had to Google it. And I'm really, really, really mad at the fact that you were right. (laughs) Because how did I not know that Mandy Moore was in this? Mandy Moore is in there. She's funny as fuck. She's a mean bitch. 
She was the mean bitch. She was funny as fuck. Okay. And took off that hat, that hair flopped off. You're a phenomenal storyteller. And I say that because something that I really love about that story is the fact that, like, it just sounds so different from everything I've experienced. And I think that, one, living in the time that we live in, like, when I moved here, it was 2017, which was, like, you know, Instagram was different than 2015. The scene was much larger. Drag Race had gotten bigger. All these different things. Like, Drag Race was on VH1. And I like to think that the community just... The more mainstream drag got, I thought the community became more full and not necessarily as queer. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more Hell's Kitchen gays. There's a lot more straight bachelorette parties. There's a lot more, all these different things. And so even just down to the fact that, like, you can list off all of these people who were in there as performers. And now when even I go into a space, I may know 25, 30 people in here, but there's still... 400 performers in here who I don't know, whose names I don't know, who like have their own followings and careers because of their own platform. And Mm -hmm. I think that you do a very beautiful job of making sure that that feeling of community is not lost in this time that we live now and that there's still support and community for everyone out there. And I just, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. And I think that my next question for you is I used to feel a little more like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. What are you working on now? How has suburbia evolved from the suburbia who first came here to the suburbia that we see now? How has she grown and what is she working on now? Well, I mean, back when I didn't know what I was doing, I just did everything. And I would buy everything. I mean, I put I would put on everything too. Like I would just do whatever. Like and I mm-hmm. Now I know like like how to deli- how how I want to deliver my jokes and like like now I know I'm a comedian. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Um, and a lot of people don't know that I'm a comedian. Now I know how to sew. A lot of people don't know I know how to sew. Um, what I'm working on now is like I just had uh, this new show called Bludgeons. Yes, so successful. We had a lot of people drop out, but it was okay because a lot of people got that good pay. Before Some people you, were dropped out for 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 very very big you, reasons. A lot of people have a lot of things going on. A lot of people have a lot of medical things going on, family things going on. You um, need to make sure that if you ever get on Drag Race, you do the Parkers because the promo, the video. Yes, it was all perfect. The editing, it was literally like amazing the hair the fur it was all perfect it was the best like the best intro i've ever seen and it fully like the moment i saw it i was like and now i'm inspired <laughs> like these are the moments where like i didn't get more ideas because i was like for the next in living color show i'm like okay so i need to do something like, like i need to figure out what this intro is because you made me realize that i want to put more energy into like the intro of a show like you know what i mean like, yeah, yeah. You, you That's another thing that I know now. I know like how I want to purpose my energy and what I what parts I want to put it into. Mm-hmm. Uh, but was really successful and and over fifteen hundred dollars raised, right? Over fifteen hundred. We raised fifteen hundred and one dollars for a food bank for NYC. 
and all of our all of the uh, performers were able to get just about close to a regular base pay yeah. for the uh, production. Yeah. And now we already have the cast ready for March, and yes. um, that. It's still going to be a cabaret, and it's also going to be a brunch. Mm-hmm. Um, my new man is going to be um, serving brunch at Club mm-hmm. Coming while people view it. And uh, mm-hmm. the theme is Motown. So i just been listening to Motown, trying to like really like dive into the Motown era and see yes. what's going on there. But we got, we got some amazing people coming through. Like, mm-hmm. we got... Um, we got some seasoned people. We got some new people. We got people you probably wouldn't even think would be there. Ooh. Um, it's not all drag. It's, it's just all queer people of color with talent. Mm. And that's what the collective is all about, bringing queer people of talent together. And it's, it's been funny because I've been noticing that, like, you know, I'll ask someone, like, do you want to be part of this thing? Just, 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 uh, like, the collective or like a show or whatever. And the first thing people will ask is, but I don't, or they'll ask like, do I have to be in drag? Or they'll say, but I don't do drag. And mm. then, and with Bledges and like all the things you've been doing, it's been showing people like, that's not what this is, this is all about. Mm-hmm. This is just about finding, bringing people on stage who are a queer person of color. Any mm-hmm. talent, even if you're an orator. Exactly. Exactly. Everyone has something to share and something to bring of themselves to the community. And I I love that about you. I love that about you. And I think I have two more questions for you that are going to be sickening. You're not ready for them. If you had to give your younger self advice or pat them on the back, what would you say? What would you do if you got an opportunity to talk to your younger self for just a minute, just a minute, just to be like, "Ho, let me let you let me in, let you let let me let you in on this." I would have told my um, seventeen-year-old self, "Bitch, get a damn sewing machine so you don't get worse dressed at New York Fashion Week a few times." But if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have met B Hawk. So, you know, but I'll. Well, congratulate myself on leaving that day and that story that I told you about. That's the number one thing I always congratulate myself for because I don't know where me or my mother would be right now. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, physically, financially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, my next question, actually I actually have two more after two more now. My next question. What makes you most proud of yourself? Um, that I trust my instincts. It's been a whirlwind of trust in myself, mm-hmm. especially over the past. Ever since, ever since I was seventeen, it's been a, a whole thing of like mm-hmm. recreate, rebuilding my own world, you know, and trusting in myself. And now I have a lot of trust in myself, and I make choices. Mm-hmm. I, Risk rather, I take risk without worry a lot more now. Mm-hmm. And I pat myself on the back for that because that was a hard journey to get to. It's a hard journey for us all. You know, you fall in it, you fall out of it. But for a while, I've finally fallen into it. 
and I'm not mm. feeling any turbulence as of right now. Oh, good. That is stability is nice, ain't it? Ain't it? Yeah. Mm. My hair is a, has never been this length before. Growth. 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 Yes. Um, I'm with someone who actually, who, don't say that. I'm with someone who loves me. <laughs> <laughs> who can healthily love you. <laughs> yes. We love that. We love that. Yeah. And my final question for you, my final, final question. What is your favorite Mariah Carey song? What's the one where she's in the, the swing? She, Butterfly? Always be my baby. Oh, over the lake. Okay. Because <laughs> she yeah. was on a tire swing and butterfly, but always be my baby. She Wait, no. V- vice versa. She was on a swing and butterfly, but tire swing over the lake and always be my baby. Yep, you're right. And now it's filmed like she has this um, whole camp that she's maintained since the 90s in upstate New York called Camp Mariah. And mm. it allows um, kids from inside the cities to actually have a space where they can actually go for free to go to camp and get fresh air for the summer. And that was actually filmed there. And I believe Mariah actually directed that video as well. And so Mariah, ooh, that, good taste, good taste. Yeah, that's like a, a song that followed me for years. Mm-hmm. Because I had these two friends. It was Liliana mm. Koscheski and Yvette Namada. Mm. A black girl and a white girl. They're like best friends, inseparable. Wow. And we were all in like the same sort of friend group. It was kind of a queer, it was kind of a queer group. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, they would always play that song. That song would be that's the they've done that song all the damn talent shows, all the damn time that song comes on. <laughs> And I would always happen to be there. So that song followed me. And I'll never forget those two because of that song. They'll probably never even listen to this. Maybe they'll listen to it. You know, they Stop. probably will. They probably will. I love you, Suburbia. And I thank you so much for sitting down with me, talking with me, sharing with me, because this has been a very powerful episode. And I think I've already kind of determined that it'll be a two-parter because I feel like there's like, with everything that we've talked about, I feel like there's two distinct episodes in there. One about like before the drag and then one after the drag, because I think this is like such a beautiful episode and I cannot wait to edit it and put it out. Like I'm so excited, Suburbia. And this, this is actually just the beginning for anyone who's listening. Like this is, this is just the sampler. This isn't even the full. Mm -hmm. This is, this is this is an episode of a fifteen episode series. Oh, mama! This is an episode of a lifelong movie, bitch. You are movie. And before we sign off, let these hoes know where to follow you, send you money, support you. Follow me at the suburbia. Everywhere is two e's. T h e e suburbia. Soon I'll have a website. Maybe yes. you can pay for it. At, you know what? I need a new computer. I have a dog that needs to go to college. Um, when that is, you know. Wait, it, and your Venmo is the Suburbia too? Oh, yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And follow the PNC Collective. And what's what's the handle for that, Suburbia? Um, we have we actually have a PayPal account, so you can, you can always donate to the PayPal account. What's it's the PayPal and the Instagram? 
is PACDAC, PACDAC, P-O-C-D-A-C, which is P-O-C Drag Art Collective. And it, what is that for? Is that for the Instagram or the, the PayPal or both? Just PayPal. PayPal is just PACDAC. I think it's paypal.me slash PACDAC. Is this in a, is this in somebody's link tree? It is. It was in mine, I think. Okay, work. So, it, let's say you dyslexic as fuck. If you were listening, ah! you can always go to Suburbia's Instagram bio. Yeah, I, got, I, I have a link tree, so like the links will be there. <laughs> As she slowly pulls up her laptop to make sure. <laughs> I love oh, no, it. I was going like this with this little quarter, honey. I was, you know, playing playing with the coins, playing with the one Come coin. On, get I your coins. Get your Y'all coins. Give me, give me five more of these coins. <laughs> I love you, Suburbia, and thank you so much. You're welcome, boo. Uh, Bye. Love Bye. you. I love you more. And now you got to see the amazing suburbia that I know, the suburbia that I love and the suburbia that I call auntie. I love her so much. And the amount of wisdom that was in this freaking interview is just mind boggling to me because I'm just so thankful to have her in my life and as well in my community because she is a definition of not only a survivor and a pioneer but as well on top of it a good kind ass person and so with that we come to the end of this episode and i am just so beyond excited to announce who our next guest is for our final season finale episode of this podcast get ready for the one and the only one of my favorite performers, one of my favorite people, actually probably my favorite in the entire world. She is someone who always cares about other people, always puts other people first and before herself. She is always willing to be there if you need her, while at the same time to remind you that you deserve to focus on yourself just as much as you focus on everyone else. So get ready for a bad bitch and iconic, iconic member of the Brooklyn nightlife scene, the one and only Junior Mint. Me, I realized most of you probably don't know much of my own journey in life and how I got to where I am now. So, yeah, it's going to be me. And I'm going to just sit down, tell you my life, tell you my story, tell you my wisdom. Of course, it's going to be the abridged version because a bitch needs to make sure she leaves some stories for the memoirs, okay? But we are going to have some fun. I'm going to tell you about my life. I'm going to tell you about how I got to where I'm at and what is coming next for Junior Mint. And Yeah, I'm just so excited to share myself with you because through this entire process of creating this show, I have recorded a lot of interviews. I have talked to a lot of people and it made me reflect on my own life. And I often talk about what goes on in my life, but not necessarily in a chronological or in-depth manner. And I'm going to give it to you. So tune in next week for our season finale. I'm going to be laying it down to you. There's going to be a full freaking episode of just me. So I hope you're ready. I love y'all. Thank you so much. I just can't thank you enough. I hope you love this and I hope you share some of this wisdom with other people. And until next week, we will be seeing each other. I love you. Take care of yourself. Take care of your community and take care of others and be safe. Mwah.